This episode is sponsored by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, it's free. So, I mean, doesn't get any cheaper than that. Second, there are creation tools that will allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. I'm editing this podcast from a Chromebook using the web, so it's pretty easy to do. Um, If I can do it, you can certainly do it. Third, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more services. So you don't have to go to each individual podcast service and distribute it yourself. It automatically does that for you. So that's pretty awesome. Fourth, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So, I mean, it's a pretty good way to make some money. Um, And then last but not least, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app for iOS or Android or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started or download the app for iOS or Android today. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Cells and Circuits podcast. I am your host, Chibeze Anacor, and on this episode, we'll be talking about Nintendo's embrace of cloud gaming, then we'll get into Netflix Anime Fest highlights, and then after that, we'll get into Cartoon Network and Warner Brothers animation announcements for HBO Max. And without further ado, let's jump right into it. Now it's time to get into Nintendo's embrace of cloud gaming. So earlier this week at Nintendo's Direct Mini Partner Showcase or whatever they call that event, Nintendo announced that Control and Hitman 3 would be ported to the Nintendo Switch, but there's a caveat here. Their ports will be using cloud gaming to ensure the best experience. So basically, Nintendo, through these two games and these two partners, Remedy and 505 games for Control and IO Interactive for Hitman 3, this is their first foray into cloud gaming. And this is pretty huge news for cloud gaming enthusiasts like myself. As you know, I've been using platforms like Google Stadia. I've even used GeForce Now while it was in beta. And while I haven't gotten my access to Amazon Luna yet, I would like to be able to try that platform as soon as possible. So Amazon, please get on that. But yeah, so Nintendo announced that Control and Hitman 3 would be getting cloud gaming ports for the Nintendo Switch. And I'm going to go over the pros and cons of this. So the pros, obviously, one of them is that 
it would be better graphics than a native Switch port would have been capable of on its own because let's be honest here, the Nintendo Switch doesn't have the best hardware to handle graphically intensive games like Control and Hitman 3, hence why all of the processing power for those games will be done in the cloud. So that's good news, and that leads me to the second pro, is that it opens the door for more graphically intensive games to be ported to the Switch. So I know a lot of people were salty when Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order was announced for Google Stadia, and then people were like, oh, where's the Switch port for it? Well, I mean, the Switch, it wouldn't be able to run a game like that and keep the visual fidelity at peak levels. And even it struggled on consoles like the Xbox One and the PS4. So I imagine if they had made a native port for the Nintendo Switch, I imagine it would have not looked very great. I mean, let's just keep it real here. But now that Nintendo's embracing cloud gaming, now that opens the door for games like Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order to come to the Nintendo Switch using the power of cloud gaming. So I think that's a really awesome thing that Nintendo and its developer partners are doing. But You know, there are some downsides, of course, because with every good, there's always a bad that comes with it. So let's just go over like the major cons. And the first one is that you must be connected to a pretty strong internet connection at all times to play these cloud ports of Control and Hitman 3 that will be on the Nintendo Switch because... Since all the processing power is being handled in the cloud, you have to have some way to connect to the cloud. Otherwise, the game is just unplayable if you don't have an internet connection. And that leads me to the second con of Nintendo and cloud gaming is that the Switch doesn't have any mobile data connectivity, so it doesn't have 4G LTE or the newly released 5G connectivity, so you're only limited to Wi-Fi. So if you're not connected to your home Wi-Fi or some sort of public Wi-Fi, or even if you go to a relative's house or or a friend's house and you get their Wi-Fi connection, like if you're not connected to Wi-Fi of any kind, you're not going to be able to play any cloud-based games on the Nintendo Switch. So that's a downside of having cloud games on the Nintendo Switch. So now I want to get into how this came to be, at least for one of these games. So it was revealed that 505 Games, the publisher for Control, they partnered with Ubitus, or is it Ubitus? I don't know. Let me know how to pronounce it on social media. But it's a Taiwan-based company, and 505 partnered with them to bring control to the Switch via the cloud. Because Ubitus, or Ubitus, or however you pronounce it, it's a cloud service provider, in a sense. 
And Control has already been, or I should say both Control and Hitman 3 have already shown that they can work in the cloud. Control is currently on Amazon Luna, which Remedy in 505, please bring Control to Google Stadia. That's just a request for me. But anyway, and Hitman 3 has already been confirmed for Google Stadia. So that's pretty nice too. Now, I believe it's going to be day and date with other platforms, but I don't remember at the moment. So my bad. So 505 and Ubitus brought control to the Switch and there's no cloud partner that was announced for Hitman 3 yet. But I want to just get into what this means for cloud gaming as a whole. And I think that Nintendo embracing cloud gaming really validates the efforts of Google, Amazon, and Microsoft for the past year or so in the cloud gaming space. In Google and Microsoft's case, they've been working on it for multiple years because Stadia, as we know it today, was known as Project Stream and Xbox Game Pass Ultimate's cloud gaming feature was previously known as Project xCloud. So at least we know for Microsoft and Google, we know that they've been working on cloud gaming solutions for years. And Amazon as well, but Amazon's is obviously the newest one of the bunch. And yeah, I'm glad to see that Nintendo is embracing cloud gaming. And maybe this means that people who were initially skeptical of cloud gaming may actually give it a shot now. You know, they may say, oh, this new control cloud-based thing is pretty great on the Switch. Hey, wasn't Google doing something similar to this? Or wasn't Amazon doing something similar to this? Let me go check that out. And so, I mean, you know, that's wishful thinking. Maybe some people may feel that way. I don't know. But all I do know is that it pretty much confirms that cloud gaming is the future of gaming. So I personally believe that. And, you know, if you haven't given cloud gaming a shot, you know, give it a shot. Like Google Stadia is free. So you can play almost a hundred games on Google Stadium. Now, mind you, you will have to buy most of the games, but some of them you get included in your pro subscription. And I will have a link in the show notes where you can get two months of Stadia Pro for free so you can try out cloud gaming. If you've been skeptical about cloud gaming give these cloud versions of control and hitman 3 a shot and then maybe hop on over to google stadia or amazon luna or even microsoft xbox game pass ultimate on android and try out the cloud gaming feature there and form your own opinions don't just take some influencers word for it including mine Just try it out yourself, form your own opinions. 
But yeah, I'm excited for Nintendo embracing cloud gaming and I'm looking forward to some of the other games that may be ported over to the Nintendo Switch because of this cloud gaming capability that it now has. But what do you think? Do you think that Nintendo is right to embrace cloud gaming? Do you think that it should have just relied on the hardware that's inside the Switch itself? Do you think that this validates the efforts of Google, Amazon, and Microsoft? Let me know what your thoughts are on social media or on Discord. Links will be in the show notes right below that subscribe or follow button, depending on which platform you're on. And we can continue the conversation there. But that will do it for this topic. And I'll see you in the next one. Up next, we'll get into Netflix Anime Fest highlights. And then after that, we'll get into Cartoon Network and Warner Brothers animation announcements for HBO Max. The Cells and Circuits podcast will be back after this. Hey, Cells and Circuits listeners. Did you know that we now have a merch store? It's true. In partnership with Bonfire, we've launched the Cells and Circuits shop where you can find t-shirts, hoodies, face masks, and more. So hit the link in the show notes to visit the Cells and Circuits shop and start getting your merch today. It really does help out the show. Thanks for your support, and now, back to the show. Welcome back, and now it's time to get into the Netflix Anime Fest highlights. So, earlier this week... Netflix had their Anime Fest where they announced a bunch of anime and some first looks at those anime that are coming out and most of which are coming out next year in 2021 so we'll be able to actually see them. So I'm going to go over the ones that I thought were interesting but there are more and you can go to at NX on Netflix on Twitter to find out everything you need to know about all the anime that I'm going to talk about, including the ones that I'm not going to mention. You can find all of that on Netflix's Twitter profiles and their social media profiles. So let's just jump right into it. So first up for me is Pacific Rim The Black, and that's coming to Netflix in 2021. So Pacific Rim The Black is from the Legendary Pictures franchise Pacific Rim, which started, I believe, in 2013, if I'm not mistaken. And I think that Guillermo del Toro had said that he had wanted to do a Pacific Rim anime. So I'm glad that it's finally happening, and I'm glad that it's finally coming out. And I look forward to watching it on Netflix. So Pacific Rim The Black is going to be animated by Polygon Pictures, which did Knights of Sidonia, they did Ajin Demihuman, they did Levius, and then before any of those things, they also did some work on Star Wars The Clone Wars and Transformers Prime. 
So, you know, they've been in the CG anime and animation business for a while. So I'm confident that it's going to look pretty good. And so I'm looking forward to it. I'm usually excited about anything Polygon Pictures produces because I think that their work has just been on the up and up. They've just been improving with each project that they handle. So, yeah, looking forward to Pacific Rim the Black and I'll keep an eye out for it on Netflix in 2021. Next up is Godzilla Singular Point, and that is coming to Netflix in 2021. You'll see that's a theme here. And obviously, considering the name, it's based on the Toho franchise Godzilla. And the interesting things about it are that the character designs are being done by Blue Exorcist author Kazue Kato and the design of Godzilla and probably I'm assuming any kaiju he may fight are being done by legendary Studio Ghibli animator Eiji Yamamori. So that's going to be pretty exciting. I'm already interested in it just based off of those two things alone, but there's more. Godzilla's Singular Point is going to be a collaboration between Studio Bones, which is probably one of my favorite anime studios. They've done My Hero Academia, they've done Space Dandy, they've done Blood Blockade Battlefront, they've done Full Metal Alchemist, like, they've done so much. Oh, Carol and Tuesday, yeah, they did that too. So yeah, they've done so much, and Bones is, yeah, it's just one of my favorite anime studios. But also, it's a collaboration between Bones and Studio Orange, which recently did the animation for Beastars. So considering that both of these studios are collaborating on this, it's going to be a mixture of traditional anime and CG animation. Probably they wanted to get orange because of their work on Beastars, which CG on Beastars is amazing. So yeah, I have no issues with, with how this anime is going to look. Like this anime is just going to look pretty good. I can already tell just based on the trailer that's come out. So yeah, I will definitely be on the lookout for Godzilla Singular Point, which is coming to Netflix in 2021. So next up is Eden, which is a four-part anime miniseries, and it's basically like sci-fi kind of thing, and it follows the story of a little girl who who's probably one of the last humans in a world full of robots. So I'm excited for that because it's got two things I like, anime and tech. I mean, that's kind of like this podcast in, in an anime form. I'm joking. But anyway, yeah, Eden... It looks pretty interesting to me because of the themes, but also 
What caught my eye is that it's being directed by Yasuhiro Irie, who directed Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, which is my favorite anime of all time. Once I saw that, that immediately caught my eye. And so Eden is definitely on my radar for next year. Which, yeah, it's coming to Netflix in 2021, and the animation is being done by Cubic Pictures, which I haven't heard much of, but also CGCG, which did CG work on Star Wars The Clone Wars. So, yeah, I don't think the animation is going to look bad at all. I mean, from what I've seen from the trailer... It looks like it's going to be pretty good, so I'm looking forward to this. This is probably one of my most anticipated anime on Netflix so far. We'll get to my absolute most anticipated Netflix anime later, but next up is Thus Spoke Kishibe Rohan, which is a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure spinoff particularly of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Part 4, Diamond is Unbreakable. So, yeah. Or I haven't heard anything about this, about this OVA. Apparently it came out when Jojo Diamond is Unbreakable was airing, or at least close to that time frame. So it's a few years old, but at least it's getting a Netflix worldwide release. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited for it. I mean, yeah, if you wanted to see it on Toonami, you won't really be able to because of this. But I'm okay with that. I can watch it on Netflix. And I'm assuming this is probably going to be like a three or four episode OVA or something like that. I haven't read much about it, but I am interested in it because I did like part four of JoJo's. But the million dollar question for the Thus Spoke Kishibe Rohan series is who will voice Rohan Kishibe? Because quite frankly, I mean, they're going to need to find a replacement voice actor for the English dub of this OVA. And that's because Vic Mignana, the original voice actor for Rohan Kishibe was ousted essentially from the anime industry for certain things that he did prior to the release of the Dragon Ball Super Broly movie last year. So yeah, there's there's that. So I don't know what Netflix is about to do for this dub I hope that they at least get someone who sounds like how Rohan Kishibe is supposed to sound, since the only voice that we have of Rohan Kishibe was that of Vic Mignana. But since he won't be able to do that anymore, because I imagine Netflix doesn't want to catch the heat because they're already in a bit of legal heat with cuties so I don't think they want any more of that smoke but we'll see who will voice Rohan Kishibe in the spoke Kishibe Rohan 
But yeah, next up is Spriggan, which is an adaptation of a manga of the same name, and it's coming to Netflix in 2021. And judging from the trailers that I've seen of it, it looks pretty good. I think the animation looks pretty solid. And speaking of animation, the animation production is being done by David Production, which is the studio behind JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and Fire Force, along with many other anime. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that because that also has sort of like a sci-fi kind of cyberpunk-ish vibe to it. So I'm really digging that. So I'll be looking forward to Spriggan when it comes out on Netflix in 2021. And last but not least, my most anticipated Netflix anime probably of all time is this anime called Yasuke which is an anime about the first African samurai so like that already interests me as a Nigerian American so I'm super hyped for that like he's finally getting his story told and I hope that It's being done justice, which I think it will be based on the crew that's involved, which I will discuss right now. So, Yasuke is being directed by LaShawn Thomas. He's the creator, director, and executive producer on it. And so, LaShawn Thomas worked on shows like Cannon Busters. He worked on Black Dynamite. He worked on The Boondocks. He even did a short for Crunchyroll called Children of Ether, which I wish Crunchyroll had adapted into a series, but we never got that, unfortunately, which is a damn shame. Anyway, yeah, so Yasuke is starring Lakeith Stanfield as the title character of Yasuke. And Lakeith Stanfield, you may know from his roles in the FX show Atlanta, as well as the movie Get Out. So if you've seen any of those two things, you may recognize Lakeith Stanfield from. So I think that's a great choice to play Yasuke. And Lakeith is a pretty talented actor, so I'm very much looking forward to that. And one of the best parts about Yasuke is that it's being soundtracked and co-executive produced by Flying Lotus, who is one of my favorite musicians of all time. I mean, I've even gotten to meet him once, which was pretty awesome. And Flying Lotus, he's no stranger to the anime space. Like, he's definitely an anime fan. And he's even worked on some anime, particularly Carol and Tuesday. He had some songs in there that were sung by either Thundercat or Denzel Curry. 
he was the producer behind both of those artists' songs. And then also he worked on the soundtrack to the short Blade Runner Blackout 2022. And that short is a pretty awesome Blade Runner short. So yeah, check that out on Crunchyroll and check out Carol and Tuesday on Netflix. But Yasuke is coming to Netflix in 2021, so it's pretty close. So I'm very excited about it. Now, Yasuke has been announced a couple of years ago, but it's great that we finally have a release year. Now, if we can just narrow it down to a month and day, that would be awesome. But it's also being done by Studio Mappa. Which recently did The God of High School, which is a Crunchyroll original. They did Dororo, which is one of my favorite series of last year. And they did Kakegurui, which a lot of people actually liked. So, yeah. Yasuke, I will definitely be doing a watch party for that when it comes out. So, stay tuned for that. But, yeah. Let me know what you think of any of the Netflix Anime Fest highlights. Are you excited for any of the anime that I mentioned? Are you excited for any of the anime that I didn't mention, like The Way of the House Husband, or the next chapter of the Transformers trilogy, or the second season of Be the Beginning, which I wasn't too crazy about the first season of but whatever but yeah let me know what you think of any of the anime that was announced at netflix anime fest on social media or on discord and we can continue the conversation there but yeah that's going to do it for this one up next we'll get into cartoon network and warner brothers animation announcements for hbo max The Cells and Circuits podcast will be back after this. Hey, Cells and Circuits listeners. Want to support the show without having to buy any merch? Well, you can do that by buying us a coffee. All it takes is just one U.S. dollar to help support the show. So click the link in the show notes or go to ko-fi.com slash cells and circuits to help make the cells and circuits podcast a better show for you. Are you a small business looking for a financial platform to do business on? Check out Payment the first black-owned financial platform where you can do things like sending invoices, accepting payments, and more features will be added in the future. If you watched Trigger Warning with Killer Mike on Netflix, you know that money stays within the black community for an average of six hours compared to the days and sometimes weeks that other communities get. So if you want to bring or keep money in the black community, join Payment, that's P-E-Y-M-Y-N-T, at the affiliate link in the show notes today. 
Welcome back, and now it's time to get into the Cartoon Network and Warner Brothers animation announcements for HBO Max. So let's just jump right into it. So HBO Max and Cartoon Network have been working together ever since HBO Max was announced, and we've seen quite a few Cartoon Network studios produced original content for HBO Max. And of course, I'm talking about things like Adventure Time Distant Lands, which only has one of the four specials out right now at the time of this recording. And then we also have Tig and Seek, The Fungies. And then on the adult animation side, we have Close Enough. So, I mean, we have quite a few Cartoon Network Studios titles on HBO Max, which is pretty impressive considering that HBO Max is only, what, five months old at the time of this recording? So that's pretty awesome. But HBO Max and Cartoon Network are working together again on two new shows, or actually, well, more than two, but I will just announce two of them and I will say, or I'll also give out some news that may be good or bad depending on how you look at it. But let's start out with with Unicorn Warriors Eternal. So Unicorn Warriors Eternal is a series from Gendy Tartakovsky, which if you know that name, you probably know that name from Samurai Jack. He's the creator of Samurai Jack. He's also the creator of Symbionic Titan and the currently airing Primal, which is on Adult Swim right now. So he's a pretty prolific person in the animation industry. And he also did things like the Hotel Transylvania movies, as well as the 2003 Star Wars Clone Wars. So there's that. He's a pretty prolific animator. He's probably one of the most highly regarded people in animation right now. So props to Gendy and... From the looks of the promo image that I've seen on Twitter, it looks to be a pretty promising show. Just judging by the poster, it looks like they're going for a more diverse cast. So that's pretty exciting. And the designs just look amazing, which, I mean, it's a Gandhi Tartakovsky show, so I wouldn't expect any less. But yeah, I'm pretty excited for Unicorn Warriors Eternal. Now, we don't have a release date not even a year yet, so we don't know when this is coming out, but I will very much be on the lookout for when it does because I am definitely interested in it, and I hope you are too. But let's move on to the next thing, which is Looney Tunes news, which hot on the heels of Hulu's Animaniacs, which is just around the corner and is going to be released on November 20th on Hulu. HBO Max and Cartoon Network announced that Tiny Toons, another show in the Steven Spielberg Warner Brothers partnership thing, they announced 
that Tiny Toons are getting a reboot called Tiny Toons Luniversity. And that's going to be produced by Warner Brothers Animation and Amblin Entertainment, which if you recognize both of those names, that's because those are the same studios that worked on the original Tiny Toons and Animaniacs and Pinky and the Brain and all the other Spielberg produced Warner Brothers cartoons of the 90s. So yeah, I'm excited for this new Tiny Toons. And judging by the fact that Cartoon Network is starting to lean towards more preschoolers. Like, I'm surprised that they're, you know, going to university. I thought they would have been like, or I thought they would have been aged down even further to say like, you know, baby Tiny Toons. So I'm actually surprised that they're aged up to go to Tiny Toons Luniversity, which means they're older than they were in the original, but that's fine. But of course, with pieces of good news come bad news. And the bad news for this show comes from Cree Summer, who, if you don't know, she's basically the voice of Elmira from the original Tiny Toons, along with pretty much every black woman character in cartoons in the 90s and 2000s. But that's a topic for another episode. Anyway, so yeah, Cree Summer, she announced that Elmira will not be returning for Tiny Toons Luniversity, which uh, it just sucks so bad. Like, Elmira was probably one of the reasons that people watch the original Tiny Toons and even, to some extent, Animaniacs and Pinky, Elmira, and the Brain, or Pinky and the Brain. So, yeah, it's not good that Elmira's not returning. So, like, I wish, or I hope that Cartoon Network and HBO Max, they see the outcry of people wanting Elmira to return. So, I hope that they see it and actually get her back in either the later parts of season one or early season two. Because, yes, HBO Max and Cartoon Network greenlit this show for two seasons. So, since we already know that it's getting two seasons... I just hope that if they're not able to fit her in season one, at least let her have some sort of role in season two. But yeah, and that's kind of where the good news ends. So next up is HBO Max and Cartoon Network announced that they will create some new co-branded live action fare for the streaming service. So What does that mean? It means that there will be some live action shows that have both the HBO Max original or just Max original branding as well as the Cartoon Network branding on those shows. So what I don't know is if Cartoon Network will actually be showing any of those live action shows on the network. 
And I don't believe that they'll show those live action shows on the network. I think they'll keep those HBO Max exclusive because I don't think that Cartoon Network wants a repeat of 2009 when people didn't want live action shows on a network called Cartoon Network. So, I mean, it's not outside of the realm of possibility because clearly... Cartoon Network has aired live action shows before, but I don't think that they're going to put those live action shows on Cartoon Network, even though they'll have the Cartoon Network branding, perhaps they'll probably just be HBO Max exclusive. And that's probably the only way you're going to be able to see those if you want to watch them. But yeah, that's going to do it for the Cartoon Network and Warner Brothers animation announcements for HBO Max. Let me know what you think of any of the shows that I mentioned. Are you excited for either of them? Are you excited for both of them? Are you excited for neither of them? Let me know on social media or on Discord right below that subscribe or follow button, depending on which platform you're on. And we can continue the conversation there. Links to social media and Discord will be in the show notes. But yeah, that's going to do it for this topic. Sandra Bland, Terrence Crutcher, Trayvon Martin, Philando Castile, Mike Brown, Alton Sterling, Ahmaud Arbery, Walter Scott, Brianna Taylor, Eric Harris, George Floyd, Tony Robinson, Keith Childress, Romaine Brisbane, Betty Jones, Tamir Rice, Kevin Matthews, Laquan McDonald, Michael Noel, Michael Brown Jr., Roy Nelson, Eric Garner. These are just some of the names of people who have been murdered by police and have gotten either a slap on the wrist or have gotten away with committing such a heinous crime scot-free. If you are an American, or even if you're not an American, you should be outraged by this, as I am. This cannot continue to happen, and it speaks to a very long history of racism and police brutality here in the United States of America and also in other countries as well. Police brutality is not a U.S. exclusive problem. It's happening around the globe. So how can you help stop this? Well, you can go and protest, but be very peaceful about it, of course. And if you don't want to go to the protests, that's fine. You can also donate 
to many different charities that are helping with the cause. If you can't do that, you can also sign petitions to help the cause as well and share those petitions. And for all of these suggestions that I've made, you can do all of them and encourage your friends and family to do the same because staying silent is staying complicit and we cannot stay complicit any longer. This change needs to happen now. And so I just want to leave you with this message. Black lives matter always and forever. All lives cannot matter until black lives matter. Remember that. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Cells and Circuits podcast. Remember to wear a mask, wash your hands, and practice social distancing as much as possible. Also, if you want to follow us on social media, I'll have a link in the show notes right below that subscribe or follow button, depending on which platform you're on. And that's it. Our intro and outro music is made by Tiffy3. I'm Chibeze Anapur, signing off.